And then we've got Steve Barkley. I, I usually insert the odd awesome and wow <laughs> here and there. That's that's my main role. Oh, you're my favorite host then. And that's, that's, that's happen there. Yeah. Rob's a little stunned now for some reason. <laughs> I'm on now. If Steve's her favorite, then he's, he's, <laughs> screw it. Steve uh -oh, can do it. Uh -oh. Yeah, we well, sour what grapes. Have I done? Well, what have I done? not even five minutes. It's okay, in. you broke up the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs>Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Rob Minot, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. <clears throat> hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. I am Robin O, and today I am joined by Ryan Flurry. Hey, I'm Ryan Flurry. And Steve Barkley. Hey, I'm Steve Barkley. And hey, <laughs> wow! Sorry, I was I was completely concentrating on our names, and I didn't I didn't have anything after that. Um, <clears throat> we are also joined by cellular cohesion. Yep. And uh, I don't know. My biology was terrible in grade twelve, let alone now. Okay. Was that even biology? Was that is it, or is that chemistry? That's probably bio. Well, you, you know, uh, you could take it into chemistry you could say uh, you know uh, covalent bonding or something yes yeah, so you retained yeah. way more than i did I, I only know the catchphrases i have no idea what they mean <laughs> everybody write in tell us what covalent bonding means see we got to get our email our email going yeah i think we need to put out put out a request to our audience to actually email us things we have i know occasions. but no i think we need to like specifically like they just don't do it Email us, people. Email us now. You want to email us at atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Don't put info in front of it. That's Rob. He's an idiot. <laughs> I'm editing that out. <laughs> uh, hey, how was your week? What's been going on? Anything exciting? Nothing Ryan? here. Nope. What do you mean nothing there? Didn't you Didn't you install the, the new Windows update? That was last week. Yeah, well, okay, that's, <laughs> how is it? So, yes, but it's topical for this week. I guess exactly. it is. So, yes, I've installed the new creator's update on three of my computers. Two of them went smoothly, smooth as silk. The third one installed successfully, but removed my audio driver. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Was that on a desktop or no, a laptop? No, it was my laptop. Yeah, but your laptop has always been a little flaky when it's it comes old. to that this audio one. driver. Not this one. My old one upstairs. Yeah, that one's, we've, that's yeah. happened to us before. Yeah, so I had the executable in a folder. I just had my wife run it and install it, and everything's fine again. So haven't spent a lot of time playing with it and digging into it, but so far so good. Well, that's an interesting segue because we can now talk about who we are actually talking to today, which is, Ryan? Megan Lawrence. And who is Megan Lawrence? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You've got the bio. <laughs> <laughs> I set you up, man, and you just blew it. Yep. Uh, yeah, Megan Lawrence, who is a Microsoft accessibility technical, get this, evangelist, evangelist right? I know, cool. 
That is a super cool title. We have to ask her about that. We're totally going to steal that too. We're going to we're going to be technological evangelists from now on. However, we're going to be from a competing order, and we will have holy war. Can you imagine how <laughs> big her business card would be? That is true. That is really long. It also says that uh, she's a fud. A what? Fud? A fud. What's a fud? P P H D. Oh, right. Oh, a fud. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. How about yeah. That? I was pronouncing that differently, but yeah, you're right. It's PH with as a f. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to ask her about that too. Um, yeah, so she is going to be joining us later, and she's going to be telling us all about the brand spanking new Windows update that's coming down the pipe that has a ton of new accessibility features. Um, we've been talking about this update for, I don't know what, like, well, probably since, well, I think the, since we started this podcast. Yeah, the anniversary update came out, like, last July. And then this one's been, they've been working on this one since then. So there's been hints and rumors and yeah. talk. And so, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting to talk to, to, to actually talk to someone from Microsoft. What's the official launch day of that uh, update? Tomorrow. Uh, April 11th. April 11th. So, so by the time this is posted, it'll already be a done deal. Well, yep. it's going That's out right. to a lot of newer computers first is what it, my understanding is, and then they're going to be rolling it out slowly over a few months. So you may not get it right away, but it will show up in Windows Update at some point. Well, I'm sure it's like any other update, too. You can force it to update, right? Like you can go in and tell it, hey, yeah, I want this right away instead of waiting for the rollout. I'm sure, right? If you go through the Windows Upgrade Assistant, you can actually download it today right? and install it, and you don't have to wait for it to come to you, which is what I did. Right. Or you can just wait until it comes. And, you know, history says I would wait and see how the masses adopt it and see if any bugs come up. Because when the anniversary update came out, there was webcam issues. There was a lot of different issues that they took months to work out. So once it hits, once it hits the masses, there may be some things that creep up. So I would wait until right. it actually shows up. There you go, straight from Ryan's mouth That's right. to your ears. The mm-hmm. guru speaks. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, uh, anything else? Anything else you guys want to talk about before we uh, we call Megan? No, I'm just glad my creator's update has worked. Skype hasn't crashed. So kudos to Microsoft. Good job. Way to go, Microsoft. Let me just say, Trump's a jerk. <laughs> Everything's Trump with you. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a jerk. Yeah, Try and get a little Trump in there every episode. <laughs> little Trump. <laughs> little Trump. Excellent. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, let's bring her on. Megan Lawrence is an accessibility technical evangelist at Microsoft. She has worked with the disability community for over 13 years, conducting research and development to not only provide accessibility solutions, but to ensure that users with disabilities are an integrated part of the design, development, and testing process. Throughout her career, she brings together the disability community and key stakeholders to provide a feedback loop to make products and services accessible to the greatest number of people possible. Uh, Megan, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's it's really my pleasure. No, could you could you give us an idea of of what you actually do at Microsoft? Yeah, so my title is the Accessibility Technical Evangelist, which is by far the coolest job title I think I've ever had. Um, and so my job is to um, 
go out, educate people, let people, you know, tell the Microsoft accessibility story. Um, we have made really deep investments in accessibility over the last year and a half, say two years. Um, and, you know, we're really looking forward to letting people know the improvements that we've made both in the operating system um, in terms of the Windows uh, 10 and the Creators Edition, which is coming out tomorrow, uh, which is April 11th, and also our apps like Office 365, Word, PowerPoint, OneNote. Um, so it's really about educating and inspiring people about what the possibilities are. Tagging on to that, um, because that's certainly something that we've noticed, is that the last year and a half, um, the Microsoft accessibility um, has really started gaining some traction. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what that the last year or so has been like? Yeah, so, you know, the history of accessibility at Microsoft is certainly not new. Um, when you look back to, like, the mid-1990s, you saw that the original Windows, Windows NT, was... Um, was launched with accessibility built in. Bill Gates actually had a corporate commitment to accessibility in 1997. And so um, this really is part of our core company mission and, and has been for a very long time. But you know, Clint Covington, one of the lead engineers in, in office described it to me this way. He said, you know, Megan, uh, you know, the modern workplace or modern computing changed. It used to be that we'd come and we'd sit at our desktop computer and, you know, we'd work and then we'd go home. And it's not like that anymore, right? We were checking email on our phones on the way to work or we're using our tablets and our laptops almost interchangeably. And and we, we realized that we had some industry competition. Um, we weren't where we wanted to be in terms of accessibility. So we decided to renew our efforts and, and really double down because we recognized the importance of accessibility across platforms, uh, no matter how you are computing, no matter where you are, it needs to be accessible because we want to make sure that we're empowering every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. That's our company mission, and that certainly includes people with disabilities. Um, it's you know, it's funny. It's always good to remind ourselves that one, you know, one billion people worldwide now have disabilities. Um, that's like one in seven. So it's not a small group of folks any longer. And we need to make sure that we are creating computing that's not only accessible, but it's usable by the greatest number of people possible. So you will have seen that we have a renewed commitment to accessibility over the last year and a half. We have a new chief accessibility officer, um, Jenny Leigh-Fleury, who is leading efforts here at Microsoft, and it's resulted in a number of really interesting things, including a, a change in our inclusive culture. Um, so, you know, I always say there's there's two ways to go about this. Uh, I really want to dig in and talk to you guys more about the accessibility of our products and services. But in order to do that, it has to be done in an inclusive work environment. And, and that happens a couple of different ways for us at Microsoft. So one, um, you know, we we have that senior leadership support that we really need to make this happen. So you see our CEO, um, Satya Nadella, say things like, you know, we're going to focus on designing and building products that our customers love and that are accessible to everyone and built for each of us, right? So we've got that top-down support. We also have that bottom-up support, which are our employees with disabilities. So we have a rich employee resource group with 16 different groups of people coming together 
not only to support each other and network, but certainly to make sure that we're, you know, the company is continuing to recognize how can we make this a better workplace? How can we be more inclusive? And so our employees meet with uh, Satya and Della and what we call our senior leadership at Microsoft twice a year to really make sure that those messages, um, you know, are, are coming full circle. And it results in some pretty cool stuff, which are hackathons. Have you guys done a hackathon recently? No, we've never done a hackathon. Never, never done a hackathon. Never okay. done a hackathon. But, uh, but so we're willing to be invited. Go ahead. We're, we're willing to be invited. <laughs> okay, good. I did see that. Ryan, are you in Vancouver? Uh, yes, three of us are okay. here. You're going to like this one then. Okay. So um, hackathons are essentially where a group of people come together uh, over a short period of time, maybe a couple of days, maybe a week, and really try to solve some you know, some very difficult, hard problems. Hmm. Um, we always joke that at Microsoft, we're really just a bunch of nerds. <laughs> so you tell you tell a bunch of Microsoft employees, hey, forget your day job, go and hack, go think of great solutions to hard problems. Um, and just about everybody jumps on board. So that's what we have, it's called One Week. Um, and at One Week, two years ago in 2014, we had 10 what we called ability hacks or 10 groups of people that came together just on their own fruition to try to solve some of the hardest problems in, in disability and accessibility. Um, last year, we had 102 hacks, wow. disability hacks. Um, so we think that really is like the proof in the pudding that shows that, it, that the, the improvement in, our, in accessibility and usability is really that groundswell. It's coming from within our employees who believe that this is not only uh, the right thing to do, but it's absolutely an important thing to do to create tools that people love. So is there hackathons that happen up here in Canada? Yes, so uh, learning tools. We have uh, OneNote, which is uh, our digital note-taking system, right. which by the way is fully accessible. It had an accessibility rewrite from the ground up this year. So you're gonna see OneNote completely accessible on uh, you know, your desktop, like the Win32 app, but also on your mobile device, which let's be honest, that's where I, where I take most of my notes. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Is when I'm on the go, right? Um, so OneNote fully accessible. And then we realized, um, you know, there's a lot of people in the United States and globally that uh, struggle with things like dyslexia or dysgraphia. Uh, not right. only the students in the K through 12 system, which is true, but also you know people in the workforce. Um, so we had two hackers in Canada from the OneNote team that came together and said, I think we could solve this problem. And so they put together what we call learning tools. Um, learning tools is, uh, it comes with OneNote and it allows you to do things like change the spacing of the words so that the spacing is better. Because we know from research that increasing spacing uh, helps people read better. We also have something called immersive reader and learning tools. And what it does is it gets rid of all of the noise, like I like to call it, or the ribbons. And all you see is that text and you have simultaneously highlighted text. So it's got a little gray box that goes behind the words as they're being read out loud. Nice. Cool. So do you find that you guys are always sort of talking to the community and, and doing focus groups and finding out what people want in terms of accessibility? 
Yeah, you know, so Office 365 uh, Engineering, you know, one of their, um, they strive to make accessibility built in from day one. And the bottom line is, you know, you can't do that unless you're working with the disability community throughout that entire design process. Um, so we work with the disability community uh, early on when we're just thinking about how do we design this thing? We'll design something, we'll give it back to the community, we'll get feedback, we go through that iterative design process to make sure that we've really got the experts on board who are letting us know how to design and develop this uh, accessible technology in the best way possible. So I kind of want to back up though, because I first sure. want to talk about what our enduring goals are, because I think this is important, especially for screen reader users or magnifier or zoom text users. So first of all, we really want to make sure that, that, that the assistive technology that's built into Windows is really easy to find. Uh, it's easy to learn and it can be used across all your devices. So again, remember, we, you know, we're building accessibility once and then you're going to have that same experience across your devices. Um, we want Microsoft built-in assistive technology to be something that absolutely delights our customers. But at the end of the day, we recognize that Windows is a really good place for our partners to provide innovative and good experiences. So we continue to partner with the AT community really deeply, making sure that we're providing our accessibility roadmaps to um, to JAWS, uh, VFO, or ZoomText, or Dolphin, or whomever the assistive technology company might be, because we wanna co-develop, right? We, we don't wanna develop in a box, we don't mm -hmm. wanna develop in a bubble, we want to empower all of our users, and so that means we co-develop with um, with our assistive technology partners. So that's sort of the first piece. We're working really hard on having great built-in accessibility in our operating system, but we're also making sure that we've got a great environment for other assistive technology customers to develop alongside of us. Uh, we want people to have choices. We want you to use the tools that you need and want to use. Um, so that's kind of given that. There's a couple of really fun things, and I think this goes back to your comment on, you know, do you work with the disability community? I always say, you know, our products are only as good as the feedback that we get from our customers. And so we've gotten some pretty great feedback that have led to a number of improvements that you're going to see in the creator's update. So here's a particular um, quote from Cool Blind Tech, which you guys might know. So I realized sure. Microsoft was finally serious, but it did not work with my Braille display. And so, okay, we hear you loud and clear. This was not the only comment we had about Braille from the blind and low vision community. So in the creators update, we are launching beta Braille. Um, and we look forward to getting more feedback about how that's working so that we can continue to improve that. Another great quote. I'll be a happy camper when Microsoft includes narrator in the Windows setup. Ah, yeah, absolutely. So this time we've got unassisted install coming so that you really can be an independent nice. computer user all the way down from restarting that computer. Um, but yeah, we're, maybe we're my favorite quote is that narrator, which is our screen reader, uh, might not be a beautiful swan, but at least it's on the same duck pond as the other screen readers. <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned about this uh, um, this install thing because now Ryan is going to reformat every computer in his house. I've already <laughs> installed the Creators Update on all three of my computers, so no. Uh, are you yep. a Windows Insider? Um, I was on my Windows phone, but I'm not on my desktop PCs. Okay, okay. Um, so I actually yeah. got it through the Windows Upgrade Assistant on the 5th or 6th when it came out. Yeah, the 6th. Yeah. So I did it that way. Um, I had to 
occasionally keep trying to launch narrator because every time the computer restarted it wouldn't come up with speech so i'm assuming that starting with the creator's update is going to be the unattended install that you'll be able to do independently yes you are yeah, correct. yeah okay the other yeah. question I had too is how how successful has the Insider program been for getting feedback from people with disabilities? Yeah, so we actually have a number of different programs on campus that connect um, with the disability community. Um, Microsoft's not a small place. I yeah. think the last time I checked, <laughs> there were 120,000 uh, employees, mm -hmm. um, a lot of really phenomenal engineers. Uh, that are hungry for feedback from the disability community. So let me kind of walk you through a number of our different programs, which does include the, the uh, Windows Insider. So we have what we call the, um, the MVP or the Most Valuable Professional. So this is a group of uh, folks not unlike yourselves who love technology, who talk about technology and are uh, wanna be part of a program where they're actively giving us feedback to help us improve. Um, technology. We've also got a group um, inside of what we call OPG, which is um, our office um, apps, our office program apps. And they actively meet about once a month or so with a group of people um, from the blind and low vision community to continue to think about how they improve the accessibility inside of, of the office applications. And then we've also got that insider program, both in Windows and in Office, actually, uh, where you can get the latest, literally like hot off the press, latest builds um, of our products. And then you can there's venues to provide feedback. Um, I'm not going to lie. We need and want more people in our insider programs because um, the, the, that's part of that iterative design process that I spoke about. Um, we need people to try out those builds before they go what we call live, right? Before they go to the whole world. The insider group are getting technology uh, before the general population and helping us troubleshoot. Um, so absolutely, if you are interested in becoming a Windows insider, you know, we would love to have you or an Office insider. Excellent. Let's go. Let's go, guys. <laughs> well, one, We're moving to Seattle. Turned, all right. One caveat. <laughs> one caveat I have to add to this is the okay. Insider Program can be a very scary place. So you need to learn what the different rings are. <laughs> yeah, I'll explain that a little bit. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, in Windows itself, on my mobile phone anyway, there was, I think, four rings. There was the Windows Insider Fast, where basically you're almost getting a build weekly. Um, on the Windows mobile side anyway, where you download it, install it, you get to play with new features, updates, and see what's broken, and then send feedback to Microsoft. Then there's also the slow ring, where you get things released a little bit slower after they've been tested a little bit more thoroughly. And then I think the last one was the uh, technical, technical release? Mm -hmm. Is that what it was? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the one where... Again, it's like the slow ring, you get things a little bit later, things have been a little bit more tested and proven to work, um, a lot of more of the bugs have been squashed. So that's kind of the safe place to be if you're going to try something like this. Right. Unless, yeah. you're, unless you're brave. <laughs> then go for the well, fast ring. there's a place ring. for everybody. There I is. talk to some people who just love that fast ring. They love that kind of cutting edge, get it before it even, you know... People love that, uh, but I but I don't blame you. I'm also <laughs> one of the people who likes it a little bit further downstream. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So that's just 
something I, I thought would was be, was bleh, important to add. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. Just on that note, um, so when you're part of an insider, when you're part of a Windows Insider program, we log feedback through something called Feedback Hub. Um, I'm really excited to tell people that the Feedback Hub team has worked incredibly hard to not only improve the accessibility of that tool, so making it easy for people that are using assistive technology uh, to provide feedback, but we've improved the usability. So just making it just so much easier to navigate that app, to make sure that you are uh, you know, providing the feedback that will get to the engineers. So Feedback Hub has improved dramatically, which is great. Excellent. So getting back to the creator's update, can you kind of go through some of the new accessibility features other than or including narrator? Because I, yeah. I looked at it this morning and there's a ton of new features in narrator, in, in narrator itself. Um, that's awesome. Where were you looking? I'd love for people to know where you looked uh, to find <laughs> the information. I went into the Ease of Access Center and under there I clicked on narrator. And then I saw that there was some new voices, um, which even when sped up are quite intelligible, which was really nice to see. There was some high contrast settings, um, more information, I think, regarding the balloon tips that pop up. Um, there, was, there was a whole streamline of, or a whole group of items in there that you could choose from now where you couldn't before. So it's nice to see that everything's kind of grouped more in one place. But I just looked under narrator. I didn't look under the magnifier or anything like that. Well, maybe you can talk about some of those other features other than because Ryan's pretty well versed in the narrator mm -hmm. side of things, but he's totally blind himself. So low vision, uh, other disability groups that, that might have uh, new features in there. Can you can you talk about some of the stuff out, outside of narrator? Yeah, absolutely. So um, for low vision, we have done a ton of work with our high contrast, um, going as far as making sure that the Windows and Office teams, I call it co-development, right? They're working together to make a fantastic experience. So for example, the Excel team now has taken advantage of that high contrast work that's been done in the operating system and has redesigned all of their icons for their charts and graphs. So it's much easier for a high contrast user to identify the type of data graphic that they're interested in using. So that's kind of an exciting update that we've seen um, with high contrast in particular. Um, but we, like I said earlier, right, there are several different categories of people with disabilities. And so we want to make sure that we're really, um, that we're actively developing for across the disability spectrum. So let's just take people who are deaf or hard of hearing, for example. We now have Microsoft um, Translator, which is an app that can translate from English to Spanish or some other kind of language, but it also translates from English to English. So it ends up being a phenomenal tool for people who are deaf or hard of hearing, mm. who wanna have a meeting or a conversation sort of on the fly. So that's embedded into our Skype for Consumer. And it's also an app that you can download on your phone called Microsoft um, Translator. Wow. Um, we've seen it being used by teachers in the classroom who have students who are deaf or hard of hearing. So for example, we'll have uh, you know a teacher who wears a microphone who will be 
um, you know, giving the lecture and then it will be coming up or, um, you know, making sure it's automatically captioning so that that student has both the, the ability to, to see what's being said, if they have some hearing to hear what's being said, and of course, visually being part of that classroom as well. So that's pretty exciting. We also have visual alerts now. So things that might have gone ding can now come as a, a visual alert. And you can change the timing of that, right? You can really say, I need it to be a little shorter, that works fine, or I want it to be a little bit longer and go a little bit more often. Um, and we also have some really great closed captioning tools now in um, in uh, PowerPoint. So it gives you the ability to embed captionings into PowerPoint um, along with your videos. I don't know. I think one of the coolest things that we're doing right now, and I'm kind of going back and forth between Windows and Office 365, okay. but we've got some great tools also for people with physical um, disabilities. So, for example, coming out in the creator's update, we've got uh, new voice commands with Cortana. So that speech recognition engine is getting a lot better. Uh, it's playing with more apps. So you really can think about that digital assistant that's going to be embedded in your operating system, helping you navigate your computer and use um, Office 365 apps more seamlessly. Um, we've also got tools like that on-screen keyboard, which is great for people uh, with mobility uh, disabilities, sticky keys, filter keys. Those have been part of our ecosystem for actually quite a while, but we're continuing to make them better and better as, as we go along. Um, to pop over into Office 365, I just, I can't help myself because I love this new feature. It's called PowerPoint Designer. So what it's done is using artificial intelligence, you can take a photo and pop the photo into a PowerPoint presentation with some text and it will automatically generate a really beautiful slide. Um, so great wow. if you can't manipulate a mouse nearly as well and you wanna make sure uh, you know that you can, you've got this phenomenal design that takes place automatically, good for somebody who's blind or low vision and also really great for people like me who have like no design, you know, bone in their body. I hear you. I'm with you. <laughs> so I really encourage people to go check out PowerPoint Designer. Um, it, it's to me, it's a great example of how we're using, you know, like artificial intelligence and machine learning in, in a cool way to solve an accessibility or a disability problem. Um, but to me, it's it's also it. Like when we put accessibility at the at the heart of our design, yes, we absolutely make products our products and services accessible, but we also just make them usable, great situational usability. Um, and so to me, that's one of the things that I love about Microsoft um, inclusive culture or accessibility culture is that we're designing for people with disabilities, we're designing with accessibility in mind, and at the end, we end up just getting tools that people love to use. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we say that all the time um, here on the podcast is that, you know, universal design and accessibility benefits everybody. Um, there, it's amazing how many things that may have been designed specifically for people with disabilities that able-bodied people absolutely love as well and it, that are extremely useful to them. So on that note, I have to tell you about one feature. Again, I, I end up using myself as the example a lot. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but um, so we have, tell me what you want to do. Have you guys used that uh, tool? Yeah. Tell me what you want to do. Amazing feature. One of the best things Microsoft ever put in their ribbon. <laughs> Why do you say that? 
Well, because even just in any of the office applications, just take Word, for example, there are literally hundreds of commands. And, you know, as a blind person for a while, trying to navigate ribbons was a, a real headache. So I could just do Windows Q, type in what I'm looking for, and boom, up comes a list that I can just up and down arrow through. It's just sweet. Nice. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. So originally, you know, designed to help people who are blind or low vision uh, navigate a complicated ribbon. One of the things I love most about Microsoft is the amazing, powerful tools that, that you know, the, what you can do with our software. One of the things that drives me crazy about Microsoft is just how many things there are you can do with our software. <laughs> yeah. and, and not knowing, maybe not being able to remember exactly where that thing was at. Um, so yeah, tell me what you want to do. It's a way to search the ribbon. Phenomenal for a whole host of people, whether you have a cognitive disability, traumatic brain injury, blind or low vision, or like, again, me, who just, I constantly forget where the things are that I want. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know it's a great feature. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about some of the new accessibility features in Office 365? Yeah, do we, okay, you guys, like, good? Got a cup of coffee? Because that's gonna <laughs> uh, Well, I'll go get another beer. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, I like, okay, we're close enough. It's 1.15. That's right. Five exactly. o'clock you somewhere. Doing? You need another beer? I think yes. I'm okay right now. Right. It is yeah. five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh my gosh. Okay, you, where do we even start? We'll, we'll so I actually kind of want to back up a little because I feel like I want to talk about the process by which we design and develop because it kind of gives you, um, you know, a little bit of glimpse into the like behind the scenes, you know, pull the curtain back, what's actually happening. So like I said, we are, um, you know, collaborating with the disability community during those design phases, during that iterative design, getting feedback from our customers through uh, focus groups, through insider rings and builds, and also just doing usability testing. Um, you know, in a world that's increasingly becoming automated, uh, we recognize that you need real people with real assistive technology using your products to get the kind of feedback that's really going to make a difference. Right. Um, so we really do focus on making sure that that we've got that testing in place that we're building um, together with the community. Uh, but then we're also looking at code-based reviews. So um, have you guys heard of the Trusted Tester Program by the Department of Homeland Security? No. No. Yeah, so the Department of Homeland Security, gosh, it's been a couple years now, um, was frustrated with uh, the procurement process and wanted a better way to test tools, uh, software operating systems before they bought them. And this is the United States government. Um, and so they ended up developing a code-based inspection where you could look at the code and begin to, uh, to test for the accessibility of a product or a service. Um, and so we have, you know, met with the Department of Homeland Security, looked at that process, decided that's important. You need that third party outsider perspective to go ahead and look at that tool, because when you live and breathe your tool every day, sometimes you don't see some of those accessibility, um, you know, bugs or errors that you want to fix. So. Uh, we have now trained over 300 people uh, on the trusted tester program that are doing reviews, uh, code-based reviews of our products and services to really give us that extra you know, bit of information to make sure that we're continually improving the products. And then we share those reports out um, 
we want to make sure that as companies, even just people, think about buying our products and services, that they really have that full snapshot into what is the accessibility. And we believe, uh, you know, it's like, if your best friend came to you and said, hey, Megan, like, tell me about, you know, Office 365. That's the, like the level of transparency that we want to have. It's like sitting down, having a cup of coffee, talking about what the new features are, and also being really honest about the work that we have left to do. Um, accessibility is a journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not going to get there in one day. Uh, and so we want to be really honest and open about where we're at and, and what we need to do. So that's kind of the process that that we go through. We build, we test, and then we're actively sharing our reports out. And you can get conformance statements in uh, EN, uh, WCAG 2.0, and um, 508. I don't know why I couldn't think about that. <laughs> it's like a brain, a brain snap there. Um, okay, so that's kind of the process by which we do things. But the result is actually pretty, pretty darn cool. Um, so I talked about learning tools a little bit earlier. Right. That was originally embedded in OneNote. Uh, it has become so popular that we're making sure that that's now put into all of uh, into other Office 365 products. So fantastic. learning tools is now coming to um, to Word, which is Ooh. really really fantastic. Um, and that's more about how you consume content. Uh, we want to make sure that people have the tools they need in order to consume the content in a way that works for them. But there's also the content creators, right? All those people who are making uh, the content. So like, let's sort of walk through what I do on a typical, you know, let's say Word document. Uh, the first thing you do is you can pull up a template. So we have made like over a thousand of our most used templates accessible by design. So if you follow those templates, it has the accessibility built in. Um, and so you can be rest assured that you're creating documents that are fully accessible. So that's in Word and also in PowerPoint. Um, and then when you get into a document and you start creating, we've got a couple of other really interesting tools in terms, we call it editor, um, reading and writing. Everybody could probably read and write a little bit better with a little bit more ease. So when we think about writing, we've got um, w- with editor built in, it's like the spell check. So it gives you that, like when you say, oh, this thing is spelled wrong, it's got that little red squiggle under it. You do a right click. And instead of just giving you a list of words, those words now have synonyms attached to them. So it gives that rich context that people may need in order to, to understand what kind of word they want to use. Then you can hear that word read out loud. Wow. So if you're a non-screen reader user, sometimes it really helps to just get that extra confirmation that you've got that word that you think that you want to use. So those are some of our new editor tools. Hmm. Um, but I would be remiss if I didn't talk more about our accessibility checker. <laughs> Has anybody used the accessibility checker lately? No, but that was a question I wanted to ask you if you could tell us more about that. Yeah. So we've moved the accessibility checker um, into the review tab. So just like you would do a spell check, you can now do an accessibility check. And what it will do is pop up a little window and let you know where you've got some accessibility errors. Um, And when you click on it, it will take you right to that space. Like for in um, PowerPoint, for example, it will take you to the slide that you need to do some accessibility work on and then give you a description of exactly what you need to do to make that fix. Um, so accessibility checker, 
much more easy to find, really easy to run. We've got it not only in Word and PowerPoint and Excel, but we've also got it in Outlook. Um, in the era of email communication, right? This is how so many of us are communicating and we really wanna make sure that we've got the accessibility um, of, of our email documents in place. Very cool. That is way cool. Um, there's one other piece that I think is really interesting. Have you guys heard of Office Lens? Yes, that's your OCR. Yes, have you given it a try? No. Yeah, so we have a new... Brian. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I won't hold that against you. Um, but I would love your listeners to uh, to have a to to think about the use in built into this app. So um, it is uh, an app that comes on an Android or an iOS phone. Uh, you can take a picture of a document. Um, you know, whether you're at work and somebody just you know hands you that that piece of paper outlining, or you're at a restaurant and you want to look at the menu, you can take a picture of it and it gives you um, guidance and assistance to make sure that you've got your document or whatever you're taking a photograph of centered. Uh, you take the photograph and then there's a couple of things you can do. You can either send that document now off to your OneNote or off to Word or off to wherever you need it to be. Uh, that helps us with organization, or you can just hit immersive reader and it will read that document out to you. So OCR. Yeah. Very nice. It's downloading on my phone right now. <laughs> wow. That's success. If I was, if I was <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Excellent. So another question I had for you is since there's so much more accessibility baked into the creator's update, is there a website that lists or has manuals where people can get more information on the different products? So we have a couple of answers to that. Um, one, we have spent over, gosh, it's like 10,000 hours updating our documentation. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, you chuckle. <laughs> it's because he's not the one that had That's to That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we recognize, right, this is incredibly important for people, um, whether you're self-serving, right, like you want to go and learn something new, or like me, you just like, oh, how do I do that again? Uh, you know, we want to have that really great documentation in place. So uh, a, a lot of our documentation has been updated. We've got a fantastic team that just continues to work on the updates um, of, our, um, of our documentation. Um, so to get at all of these, so for example, if you want to know like what's new in Windows, what's new in Office, I talked about those conformance statements. You're like, okay, let me see that VPAT. I want to see what that tested process, test, trusted tester process is like. Um, we have a new website. So it's um, microsoft.com slash accessibility. And it is going to have a lot of the information that you're looking for right from that site. What I like about that site is it starts off with the Microsoft accessibility culture. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier in the program that you got to have an inclusive workplace. You've got to have the culture that's going to make accessibility a sustainable effort. And we certainly have that at Microsoft. Um, but then you've also got, you know, I always say it's the star of the show all of our cool products and services, those are what really shine every day. And, and we wanna make sure you're, you're most up to date on those. Well, the other question I wanted to ask, and I don't know if these guys even know about it, but is there any accessibility topics on Channel 9? 
Yes. So we have the, so here is one. So if you want to look for short demonstrations of um, Office 365 and Windows 10, you want to go to aka.ms slash Microsoft Mechanics Accessibility. And you're going to find a number of different videos there explaining everything from how to create accessible content, you know, like that we, that we just went through, and then also some of the work that we've been doing in Windows 10. Um, so that is a fantastic place to, to, to get some of those help videos if you're more of a video person and less of an um, article person. Okay. Well, we'll link to that as well. And I can send you, a, I'll send you like a list of all of these. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Perfect. You guys will probably be like, oh my goodness. Nope. Um, but yeah. Better. But there is another, um, so we also have the disability answer desk. Yes. Um, yeah, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Uh, at, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we all need uh, customer service and IT support some of the time. Um, and so we recognized that we wanted to have agents that were specifically trained in assistive technology. Um, so the Disability Answer Desk is a free technical support for Windows and Office to our customers with disabilities or anybody who's using an AT, who's using assistive technology or supporting somebody with assistive technology. Um, so we've got it in a number of different languages, English, Spanish, French. We just added American Sign Language in the United States, um, which we're really, really excited about. That's um, and that's, the, you know, that's one piece. So you can either uh, find us online at aka.ms slash accessibility support, or you can call 1-800-936-5900. And it's available Monday through Friday from 6 to 10 Pacific Standard Time and Saturday and Sunday from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, the other side of that coin is our Enterprise Disability Answer Desk. So if you uh, work in an organization where you have an IT manager or somebody who is deploying Microsoft products in, at a large scale in a, in a company, we also provide support for those IT managers. Right. And that's the Enterprise Disability Answer Desk. And I think at this point we do about 20,000 calls a month. Holy smokes. And is, yeah. every, is everybody based in Redmond or are they global? Um, at this point, everybody is based here in the United States, not necessarily in, in Redmond, Washington. Okay. I hope I have that right, actually. <laughs> I should say, I've, I've joined the company eight months ago, so oh, it's been okay. a, a phenomenal onboarding period of learning all, I mean, all of the amazing things that we do. Yeah. Well, and, and actually, bef before we sort of let you go, because we... we we are, I know it's getting a bit late, but let me ask you about that because I, I noticed here in your bio, it mentions that um, you were an accessibility research scientist previously. Um, how, what, what got you into the world of accessibility originally? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. So uh, when I was um, at university, I had just a very strange accident where the radiator in my car exploded in my face and oh. I was pushed back over 10 feet, you know, in wow. the bushes. And I had just closed my eyes at the exact moment that the water hit my face. And the doctors were like, said it was a miracle that I hadn't been blinded. Wow. And 
my life and work like really changed forever that day um, because I began to ask myself those questions. Well, what would it be like um, for somebody, you know, without vision to navigate the world and use a computer and, you know, all those kind of naive questions that I started to ask myself as a young, you know, as a, as a young researcher. And um, I was a geographer. And so I really was focused on environmental accessibility. And I realized that, you know, fundamentally, people who are blind do not lack spatial thinking or spatial abilities. It's really a lack of access. It's a lack of access to representations. And so I focused really a majority of my career on making sure that we have access, whether that's the built environment or the digital environment, because everybody deserves to have a quality of life. Um, and that comes from being able to move freely in our environments, both physical and digital. Yeah, huh. I actually gave a TED talk, a, an, an Indianapolis TEDx talk. Really? Um, really? Yeah, that outlines some of some of the work that I've done in in geography. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, again, before before uh, we let you go, I'd like to give you uh, sixty seconds to uh, slam Apple and Linux products. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna happen. Oh come on! Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Let's try to steal. You know, you know, it's interesting. I'm yeah, again. I think I think the really important message there is that Microsoft has done a lot of work to make sure that we have cross-platform accessibility. So mm -hmm. again, it's about choice. If you want to use an Apple product, we want to make sure that Microsoft apps are fully accessible on that platform. Mm -hmm. Um, it, because, you know, and that's really what we're focused on. So whether, you know, you're an iPhone user or an Android user, whether you're a Windows user or an iOS user, the bottom line is you need to have your products work seamlessly, fully accessible and usable. And that's what we're super focused on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it shouldn't, it should, you know, be, people with disabilities should have the same choices that able-bodied people do in terms of, hey, we can pick your platform, you can pick your operating system, you can pick your, you know, pick your nose, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, it's really, it's really true. And I think that, um, you know, that's part of that accessibility investment that, that we've made is, is making sure that it is, uh, it is about choice. It's just seamless. Like you don't have to ask for accessibility it's just built in already and to me that's when we're going to see the digital divide uh, that that barrier begin to come down when people with disabilities have to stop asking the question hey can you make this accessible that's right yeah that's right when when universal design becomes a thing and it's just something that's baked into absolutely everything that gets developed that's that's what we're shooting for yeah it'll be better yeah. for everybody yeah, to... and then you find out people like me love the tools because they're like, I had no idea how to find the thing in the ribbon I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, I, I... right? Seriously, though, it's great. I did want to give a, another shout out that you know, um, we really want to make sure that you connect with us, um, and we're happy to do that in a variety of ways. So uh, we've got the Disability Answer Desk, which is ak.ms/accessibility/support. Uh, if you have ideas or suggestions for the types of features and functions that you'd like to see, please leave us a note at aka.ms slash accessibility feedback and um, join us on Twitter, which is at MSFT enable. 
the Microsoft Twitter handle is constantly pushing out information about updates and, and you can follow the conversation with us there as well. I do think that, um, you know, one extra piece is that, you know, with our new commitment to accessibility, there's three principles that we that we really allow uh, that are guiding us. And so first of all is to be transparent. Um, we actively publish our accessibility roadmaps on our blogs. Uh, we wanna make sure that you know what's coming down the pipeline because we wanna get your feedback about what we're doing and how we're doing it. We uh, wanna be accountable. So again, coming back to those inclusive design principles, right? We wanna make sure that we are developing and designing uh, technology that really may, fits the needs of a majority of people. We, uh, you know, Like we just said, uh, we know we're successful when people with disabilities don't have to ask, hey, is this thing accessible? Um, and then inclusive. Uh, with our inclusive hiring efforts, we recognize that that our employees with disabilities on campus, like they are really the experts. They're the ones that are helping guide us in the direction to make inclusive design of all of our products and services um, possible. So those are some of those those core principles that that are across campus um, that that we continue to push really hard for. Okay, my my resume will be on your desk later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true though. I mean, I think that it, it, you know you you have to have if you want to be successful at developing accessible products and services, it has to be done in an inclusive environment, and that means right. an environment that reflects. Uh, the diversity that we see in society, you know, the diversity of people with disabilities and different abilities. Um, that to me is so incredibly key to what we're doing at Microsoft and how in the long run, we are going to continue this journey and, and be strong on that journey because uh, we've got the right voices at the table helping guide us on that journey. Well, it is very exciting to see, you know, the, the push for accessibility Microsoft is, has been doing over the last year, year and a half. and. Looking forward to more to come. Yeah. Can you tell that I like my job? <laughs> you, you sound pretty so. enthused. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to Satya after, so. Uh, no, I'm totally just kidding. You know, you know how it is. It's, um, oh, yeah. Like, I've worked in accessibility for 15 years. Um, me too. This is, you know, I this is what gets me out of the bed in the morning. And, mm -hmm. and when you see a company like Microsoft taking on the accessibility and the disability challenge, that's when we're going to see, you know, uh, people around the world's lives changed. And that like yeah. really is a very exciting notion. So yeah. um, I'm thank you so much for inviting me and don't be shy. Um, if you've got other topics that you think you'd like to discuss, we've got lots of really great folks on campus, whether that's developer tools. So how is it that people uh, are we're creating developer tools uh, more about inclusive hiring? We've totally reimagined the inclusive hiring process. Um, we've got lots of deep dives we could go on with you guys. That would be great. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely be in touch. Okay, excellent. Well, right. have a beer for me. Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> we will. Uh, I was going to um, say, uh, you know, you, you, you keep referring to, uh, to, to it as a campus uh, down there. Is that because you host keggers? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> now, that would make my job that much better. No, are, have, they, have you... are they accessible keggers? That's... Yeah, accessible, yes. The Microsoft campus. Everything Keep... described. No, it's the campus here in Redmond, there is... 50,000 people that come oh see the Microsoft God. campus mm -hmm. every day. Wow. So it really is like a big university in some senses. Wow. Yeah, it is. 
That is crazy. Yeah, we have to go it down is. and do a tour. Yeah, we should. That'd be cool. We should. Yeah. We need an excuse for a road trip. On location podcast. On location podcast. There you go. I okay. like where this is going. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Highlighted by security escorting us out. That's right. <laughs> just grab people as they're walking down the hall saying, here, come here, come on our show. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, will, everyone will be asking me, who invited these people? <laughs> <laughs> no but before you do, keg stand. <laughs> Where's no, the upside down margarita? <laughs> no, I'm um, speaking my language. Right. I like, I like, yeah, the margarita is... Uh, I know, right? There's nothing better. <laughs> uh, Megan, thanks so much for, for joining us and, and preaching the word today. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Absolutely. Right. Okay, Megan. Thanks so take much. Care. Okay. Take care. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Woo. Wow. Yep. Enthused. Yes. Infor- that was a lot of information. That was a lot of information. Yeah. There's far more going on down there than I had any idea. Oh, there's lots. Yeah. Yeah. If you go into the Ease of Access Center, once you get your creator's update installed and just browse through there, there's tons of new stuff. Yeah. Tons of new stuff. Have to check it out. We never did ask her the question about uh, the uh, Braille connectivity. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. We yeah. didn't touch on that. Yeah. I thought about it, but because she's not a developer, she might not have known the answer yeah. as yeah. to whether or not Bluetooth, um, you know, Bluetooth has got to be coming. Oh, I imagine. You know, it just may not have made it into the beta, so. Although, um, you know, you, you mentioned um, that uh, they talked about USB support for Braille displays and serial support for Braille displays and said, well, who has a serial port? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are probably still using legacy equipment. Yes. And if you can get a serial port added to a desktop, you can. I mean, yeah. you know, why not? Or a USB to serial If you can converter. still get an adapter, yeah. You could still use maybe your old uh, Power Braille or whatever that you've got kicking around. Yeah, so, exactly. Fingers crossed. Well, again, they're trying to include everybody, right? Yeah. And I think there's 30 manufacturers that are supported, so... Cool. So, yeah, if you can support legacy equipment, all the better. Mm-hmm. Was that really, really good? It was really, really good. Oh, I was talking so. about the beer. Tell me it was good. Was it really, really good? I'll tell you it was good. It was really, really good. Okay. <laughs> all right. We've had a couple beers. <laughs> you can tell. It's the only time the Spice Girls make an appearance. <laughs> but it won't be the last. No, I know it won't. <laughs> That's right. Next Instagram picture will be us in wigs. <laughs> Steve is Old Spice. Oh, old oh, Spice. Whoa. <laughs> what the? Ouch. Nice. Ouch. Yeah, you're Salty Spice. <laughs> and you? Yeah, surly know. Spice. Surly Spice. <laughs> I tell you, it's terrible. I need to take an Instagram picture. Hold on. You haven't figured that out yet. You tried last week. I know, but I'm trying again this week. So just talk amongst yourselves for a second while I do this. Alrighty. See, look at this. It's ah, this is garbage. I hate this thing. (laughs) I do. He kept pushing. We need an Instagram account. We need an Instagram account. I can't use this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I said last night, last week, we're either getting stupider or these, (laughs) or these. just take just take a picture and post I it did. to Instagram. <laughs> okay, there's a new picture on our Instagram. I just took it. Whatever. I don't, I don't even know what it is. Some Mike and some beer. That's Excellent. it. That's all you get, folks. That's it. That's this podcast has been brought to you by Sleeman's Honey Brown Lager <laughs> <laughs> and Canadian Assistive Technology. Okay, let's. Okay, let's. Uh, intro, you know, intro. Is there anything else you guys want to say about that? Like that? That was. She was nice. Yeah, she yeah, was nice. She's she knowledgeable. And, and, uh, Only eight months in her job, she said. So, yeah. you know, it's a lot of knowledge to try to acquire. Yep. Yeah, I can imagine. 
I can imagine. And you know, she didn't fall for the bait of no. you know, slagging, slagging apple. No. That's right. So that was that was also no. But now we can too. put the headline up. Megan's asked about slamming Apple and Linux, and you won't believe what happened. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she took the high ground. Uh, That's right. Towed the line. Yeah. That's right. Wow. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Rob. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Just tell us where people can find us. Uh, in my guitar dungeon. And right now, else? currently, yes. Right now, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 True. They can also find us on the inner line. <laughs> on the interline, yes. Braille and print. <laughs> the interline. The interline. <laughs> Way to go. Uh, they can find us on the internet. Inter- the intertubes. <laughs> All right, I think the beer experiment has gone sideways. That's only one. That's yeah, bad, he's, eh? He's not even yeah. finished his first one. All right, they can find us online at www.atbanter.com. And they can also email us if they so desire at atbenterpodcast at gmail.com. Holy God, we have to have beer for this guy every time. I think so. Yeah, he got that right. Silky. Wow. I really had to think about it because I really do want to put info at the beginning of that. I close my (laughs) eyes and I picture the email address and for some reason it says info at atbenterpodcast at gmail.com. But Mm. that would be wrong. And it would be totally wrong. Yeah. Too many ads in there. Well, there's that too. Where else can they find us, Steve? Well, they could find us on Facebook if they wanted. They could find us on Twitter if they wanted. Uh, yes. But there is no Pinterest. We hate Pinterest. Nope. And Instagram. Oh, yeah. Instagram. Yeah. That's which right. you can Rob just posted a beery picture our, too. Our, our, yep. Our live, our live Instagram photo. Of what? We don't know. It's, you know, stuff. Yeah. Stuff. It's the mics. Stuff. We'll take a selfie next time. Next week. Didn't we do that last week? We did it. La- we did it two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, I don't know. What else? You guys got anything uh, left? No. Anything? Uh, anything to mention? Any? Any uh, thoughts? Anecdotes or poetry? Follow us. Follow us on Twitter. That's that's follow us wor- on Facebook. That's the worst haiku I've ever heard. Follow us. I don't even think it's the right number of syllables. So I don't even think so either. Yeah. It's like four five four or something. I don't know. No, it's more than that. Well, then how do you know? Okay, Google. (laughs) Write everybody. (laughs) Everybody write in and tell us how to write a haiku. (laughs) Maybe you'd want to submit your favorite haiku. Exactly. Submit an AT banter haiku. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. We can't even get people to tell us what they think of the episode. You really think (laughs) you can get people that actually write a haiku? It might be more interesting. (laughs) That's themed based on Rick Hansen. Not here. Here or not here. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, stay tuned for Terry Fox. Oh wait. You know we had we had I had to have so much um, willpower to not mention that the other week we were talking to Marco about about our our experience with Rick Hansen. But yeah. Oh well. You you didn't mention it. No, No, we didn't. It's hysterical. I know, but we we chickened out. We totally chickened out. That's a shame. We didn't know how the foundation would take it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know how the Rick Hansen S-O-N foundation would take it. He loved it. <laughs> That's right. We should actually really still talk to him. About his essential oils or whatever he did? <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a guy. No, his no, name, no, no. We have a guy. He's in Ontario. It's not, <laughs> no, <laughs> not essential oils. It was, 
It was Buddhism and psychology oh, right. or meditation right. mixed together or something. Anyways, okay. All right. Let's get out of here. Okay, that's the outro. Let's do an intro. Hold on. We have to. Are, are we completely? We're not completely done the outro. Oh, sorry. Well, you want to get out of here, so. Well, I do. Settle down. All right. So, I think that's just going to about do it for us this week. I have been Rob Mino. I'm Steve Barkley. <laughs> and I'm Ryan. Flurry. Flurry. And we are the commitments. Send all lawsuits to Rob Mano. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a good week. Have a good week. Have a good Well, no, because I want to have a good week. Well, they can't. Because they, they can't. Because I'm not going to have Because they won't week. get the show till Friday, and the week's already done. They can have a good, good week after that. That's true, too. Why, why are you so stuck <laughs> on Monday being no, the start because, of the week? Because then that puts a lot a of pressure is, on them. What if they don't want to have a good week? A Maybe week is seven days. Learn. What am I telling them what to do? That's right. Why are we telling them what to do? You're right. You're do right. Whatever, have a, yeah. whatever kind have of week a, you want. Have a crappy week if you want. <laughs> if you want. I don't know. Maybe, you know. Or, I, Go out and have a drink. Makes everything better. It does. All right. We're out of here. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com.